Welcome to the Strength Culture Podcast. What's going on with you, dude? Not much. <laughs> working hard? Just, uh, Hardly working? Working hard, but um, I'm in the home space now. We got a setup out back, which has been nice. Uh, I've been bouncing around different gyms in town. That'll, I mean, you know what I mean? Like the accommodating to go in and like shoot some videos and like do some stuff is pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been I, kind I, of bouncing around too, to be honest with you. Like I've been training. Well, obviously, you know, I broke my leg. So I've been training here doing mm-hmm. what I can do here, but then I've just got on the, I've been on like this bodybuilding machine training kick for like probably six fucking weeks. And I gotta say, it feels good. Oh yeah. And well, especially when you go through a little setback like that too, it's good to get yourself in a different environment and just, uh, yeah, we've had this conversation when you, when you, uh, had that injury we were talking about, I mean, you have so many options. Yeah. And it's like, it's, and it's just better to have those options. Like, cool. Like I have to pivot to like a slightly different, but I I love it. I've loved, I'm loving every second of it, you know? Um, cause yeah, it's a little out of my wheelhouse, but it's, but it's the same thing, you know, it's the same thing, just a little bit different tools to do it. And, um, in fact, you know, definitely like able to really push it, like push it, push it in terms of actually really being able to train to fail to like absolute failure, not just technical failure, but like absolute muscular failure for about four to six weeks. And I've definitely seen some physique changes and, um, no, it's been fun. It's been fun. Yesterday, I, yesterday I scale weighed 230. That's the heaviest I've ever scale weighed ever in my entire life. Um, That's amazing. but I don't feel 230, which is good because my conditioning's in, my cardio's in. Um, even though I haven't been able to like run, I've been doing tons of biking. Um, so you know, and this is like, me. I mean, even this topic here is maybe a good place to start because it's something you gain over time. Like it's and this is where a lot of people struggle with those first stages of injury or the first time something like that's happened to them, especially if their training age and training history is not very broad. Um, and it's a kind of a good conversation for you and I to have at this point in our like training careers and coaching careers is like, we've, we've tried and gone through so many different types of disciplines and, uh, things like that, that, that transition is very easy. Yeah. And then when you get into that conversation of, people sometimes thinking there's like a finish line when it comes to fitness. It's like, there's never going to be a finish line. There's these transitions and it's all based off of that broad scope of experience that you have. Yeah. So it's, I mean, that's really, I think what a lot of people need when they go through those moments of like, I can't do what I did before they fall, they relapse. Uh, It's like, just like transition, try something different. And like, you're, you're making gains, your legs, out of commission right now it's like (laughs) yeah there's like obviously like heavily heavy heavy specialization but there's also Mm -hmm. just like at the end of the day all this training accumulates to to the bigger thing right like it doesn't matter really the style or what discipline of training you use whatever you want to call it powerlifting weightlifting bodybuilding crossfit hybrid like it all just cardio just cardio training like it all accumulates towards the same thing over time. And it's like, I mean, there might be people new to our relationship on this podcast. So so we can always 
kind of like maybe because I was literally thinking before I got on, I was like, where do we start this podcast? <laughs> right. Because you and I haven't had a conversation like this in some time. Like we've obviously done the podcast with Emmett, but yeah. you and I go way back. And I don't think people realize how far back that we go, like more than more than anyone. Like people know, you know, obviously my involvement with ATG, like that's probably where most of people are going to know me from. There's there's still a handful of people that I communicate today that remember us from even prior to that, which is kind of cool. But, you know, we're going on like, it's got to be eight or nine years. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and we met, uh, what's cool about where we met too is going, we met through this transition period where we were starting to dive deep into flexibility. Yep. And that's what was so cool is like the evolution of our flexibility. Uh, it came at a time where we had just started doing it and we were networking we were trying to find other people doing it. And I was like, I need to find like a jacked dude, another dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you start like, that's, what's so great about social media. You find people doing unconventional things. And oh, it's yeah. like, yeah, I found you at that time. You were training in the, uh, the park doing a lot of park still. Yep. Yeah. And I was, I was trying to learn calisthenics too. So it was kind of a good transition to like find you and then start talking about flexibility training and being like, Oh man, like I got to hook up with this guy and we got to, you know, just being yeah. connected. Yeah. It's been a long time. And, uh, and what's and crazy is in that time, there have been very, very few days, probably literally could count it on our, both of our hands that we have not had a daily communication. Like, yeah. like we have talked to each other every single day in that window of time. So there's yeah. probably been no one in my entire life that's been more <laughs> consistent in my, well, other than my parents or whatever growing up, but like in my adult life, it's like, especially in my, like in this career, like in this path than you. Right. So it is very interesting because we know everything, right. Everything. <laughs> so it's like, cause we share everything and we, and we yeah. have bounced those ideas back and forth on each other for almost, you know, approaching a decade before we know time. it, it will be a decade, yeah. which is crazy to think. Um, yeah. It's been cool. Cause to watch I still remember when we connected, which is wild. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's, we go quite a ways and there have been transitions. It's like, I just shared that video with you yesterday. Yep. <laughs> Me doing the muscle ups. I was so skinny. Do I weigh 30 pounds less than I weigh right now? <laughs> but dude, I thought I was so jacked. I thought yeah, I was so. It's a different type of jack, right? Just like, a, it is just a different big. type. It is just yeah, a different there's type. still an aesthetic yeah. look to it where you're like, man, like, cause I look back, I was shaped a lot differently. Still too more jacked than most people. Right. So yeah. Well, like, you just kind of like looking, you're like, that's a different look. I wonder if I can still get that because... <laughs> yeah is it just like an accumulation of the training to that point or in a, you know and then now it's like just okay like 15 years in the gym now you're just gonna look different and you're yeah. just gonna look different like that's just that's, the way it is you know i've thought about like maybe thinking of well i've thought about making a post like that too where it's like i've had this aesthetic when i started powerlifting like at my leanest in powerlifting i was pretty lean when i started but i was powerlifting and it's kind of like then sharing the gymnastics journey and sharing that aesthetic and then like sharing where I'm at now with like the weird shit I've been doing. It's like, they all kind of look the same. I just look a bit older, but it's just funny how people obsess about, you know, I would say older, but I would say there's a maturity in your physique. That's like, you can't, you can't duplicate. Like, I think that's like, yeah. this is, I think this is actually a fantastic freaking place to start because like, obviously a lot of people, maybe didn't know you used to be a powerlifter. Like I, it's funny because when you're in social media, you have to constantly remind you yourself that like new people are always coming in. So yeah. not everyone knows like your whole kind of story. They're just kind of seeing where you're at right now. And so That's like maybe we can, yeah, exactly. So it's like <laughs> you were a powerlifter, 
and a competitive powerlifter at that. And so maybe you can kind of just briefly, I know it's like such a long, but like, that's sort of where it started more or less for you, right? Like obviously other than just the banging weights in the gym, but that was kind of like your, your initial sort of main, I guess, like outlet in terms of like physical, like physical fitness or physical development, right? It was mostly powerlifting. Yeah. I think at the, when you were an athlete, but yeah, I was a lazy athlete though. I was like, I, I say this to everyone all the time. I was the dickhead that showed up for dry land and just like fucked off. Like I just didn't put, <laughs> I didn't put that kind of work in. I was kind of like that, but it was like that injury I had led me to just being in the gym. I couldn't do anything else. And then I just got, I always was hooked on like the activity of what I was like really in. So the gym just became my sport right. and it was like trying to, I don't know, get competitive in that way where I'm from. Everyone's either in the gym, they're bodybuilding or powerlifting. And, uh, I did, you know, I love the pump stuff, but the guys that were like hardcore into bodybuilding just like didn't appeal to my second nature. It's a different like, hardcore. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I can't, I can't put that bikini on and, and squeeze my ass. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but then you got the guys in the powerlifting corner and it's just a smoky dust of chalk just filling the air and they're just doing they're lifting, I guess at the time, what I thought was just unsafe and they're just like strong as fuck. And I'm like, man, these guys are the, the most unconventional group I've ever seen. I want to be a part of that. <laughs> it's kind of like the punk rock in me. Just like, I was like, I got to go over there. I would uh, say that's, there's probably like a mix in that culture, right? Especially yeah. like, if you think like late eighties, early nineties powerlift. I mean, obviously you're not, you're not that old. So it's, but like, you yeah, know, West what, Side, that had to West... be what late two thousands for you. Yeah. And West side wasn't even really booming at that time either. And that was like a trend, like during my powerlifting, that blow up of like bigger, faster, stronger, everyone's doing West side was kind of like halfway as like into powerlifting. So I'm actually, I feel, I love West side, but I feel kind of fortunate too, that I was introduced to like the very authentic, traditional, like original styles of powerlifting. Uh, and then kind of made those transitions into equipped lifting and stuff like that but just hooked on strength, man. Like I was just so hooked on getting stronger and I still am. It's just yeah. the evolution of that. I think that's why I got so hooked into flexibility training. And it's like, you know, the journey with you is realizing it's like, Oh, this is all strength training. Then <laughs> yeah. you start yep. you know, relating it to all those previous experiences and, and how you could have like a similar outcome in a different way. And that's what I think I, I get so obsessed about is, you know, you get those results in the gym when you're, when you're new to the gym, and it's like, you just, you get obsessed with it and you you start realizing how many different ways and approaches there is to having some kind of physical result. And you just, yeah, push your body to see kind of what you can do. And that's, that's the excitement of it all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, like no like one does, no one, no one attains a, the splits because they want to, you know, say it's how you should train. It's like splits is a journey. You got to be ready to go on. Yeah. 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 For sure. <laughs> Like that you have to, you definitely have to be prepared to dedicate like a substantial part of your training to those specific goals. Right. Yeah. Especially if you want, like, um, if you want to make relatively like good, quick progress, I guess you could say there's no, there's no really such thing as quick, but like quicker, yeah. you know, like, yeah, you could, you could probably like blend it pretty well with things and like, just be a little bit more selective about your accessories and things like that. Like if your goal is to like really get length, like obviously you probably want to avoid like as much like smaller range of motion stuff as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, 
like obviously if you want to lengthen art like hamstrings probably like don't do rack pulls like probably only include like <laughs> yeah. jefferson curls and rdls and stuff like that but yeah but yeah you have to be prepared to spend time doing it period yeah. you know and I, um, yeah and i understand the process like how your body may respond to it versus what you maybe think everyone yeah. responds like everyone's different a little bit when it comes to that but yeah yeah it, it, yeah i mean you know it's interesting because i've had so many phases of life changes during that time and it was like um you know i was like primarily crossfit and then you know we've talked about this before from baseball just like initially when i got into sort of crossfit and barbell training especially for the lower body um i just hadn't really addressed in the the asymmetries that I developed from basically just playing a single sport for 15 years in my childhood, right. From like mm -hmm. basically four years old until 18. Yeah. And, um, it's like, and that's the only sport I really played. Right. So like, I got, I, I think like, no, literally like 15 years of my life was rotating to the left. I was right-handed. Mm -hmm. I threw with my right hand, um, which is a ro leftward rotation. I batted you know, right-handed, which is a leftward rotation. And I ran around the bases, which is a leftward rotation. So it's like, it's like, <laughs> it's all I did. Right. Yeah. And so like when I got into like, obviously banging around weights in the gym in high school, a little bit. And, but like most high schoolers, not a lot of legs, you know, mostly upper body stuff. So I wasn't really totally affected because I didn't really have to address and in some machines, like it was like, like a local rec center, right? Like a small town rec center. But, um, yeah. When I got into CrossFit, I definitely had issues with like initiating the Olympic lifts and then like a lot of the barbell work simply because I would heavily shift onto one side and rotate to rotate into my right hip. You know what I mean? Just like the classic. And so it never really like even when I got into CrossFit, the big appeal for me was I was pretty good at things like rowing. And mm -hmm. then I, I, I just was super fascinated with a lot of the body weight stuff in crossfit and that's what i excelled at because i just wasn't that good with the barbell i wasn't even that strong you know what i mean so there's mm -hmm. also that but um and that was like kind of what transitioned me more into just focusing on the gymnastics and it was mostly actually because of the time i was doing crossfit and I, we've talked about this a, a hundred times and i think this podcast still exists it's still a funny podcast to this day but like i was doing crossfit so at the time like there was the barbell shrugged podcast which now I think they're just like a general training. I don't even know. Maybe they still do it. I'm not 100% sure. That guy sure. passed away? I thought the guy passed away that was doing that. Podcast. I'm not sure. I know it was like a couple don't, guys, like two or three guys. And they sort of like, <laughs> they sort of like, oh, they, let's hope not. Uh, let's, I think they were like doing it together. You know, they own yeah. like a CrossFit gym. So prime, at the time yeah. it was like primarily a CrossFit podcast, which I think right. they kind of over the years, maybe the other, I don't know where they've, the direction they've headed in that. Forgive us yeah. if anyone who loves that podcast listens to this and we have no idea what we're talking about. But um, <laughs> it, what the reason I bring that up is because I was doing CrossFit and Coach Summers was on this podcast. I remember that one, yeah. And he basically just shit all over CrossFit in the podcast. And I just remember sitting there as a CrossFitter <laughs> going, wow, he's right. <laughs> like that was my reaction was like it's like because you know i had spent so much time doing some of the uh other let's just call it mobility stuff that was heavy and crossfit at the time with the foam rolling and band distractions and all these things and like while they always offered some acute relief for me it just never really handled things permanently and then i just found myself doing more yeah. and more in that but not really like doing more and more in that and like going the direction I wanted to go. It was more like just doing more and more of that. So I could just get by through each CrossFit workout and whatever. Yeah. And then 
when I heard him and he was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, your mobility sucks and you guys should stretch more and whatever. And I was like, stretch, you know, because (laughs) I had done, I had spent a little bit of time in New York city, you know, some girlfriends and whatnot, and I'm going to do yoga because Mm -hmm. that's what you do when you get a girlfriend, you go to yoga class with them. Um, and then you just end up standing there the whole time staring around like a creep because you can't do anything in the class. And then you just go, well, stretching doesn't work because I suck at yoga and (laughs) I can't hit any of these poses and I certainly can't hold them. Um, but cause that's like most, especially like in, in recent history, like I would say like through the 2000, like yoga had a huge explosion. Right. And that was like sort of the flexibility, like that's how you got flexibility. Yep. But not, but most men, obviously, like if I went to a yoga class in New York city, there'd be 60 people in there and two of them would be males and like, like 58 of them would be women. Right. (laughs) So it's like not a bad draw for that, but it's a terrible draw. If like, you're actually trying to like make changes and you look around and you realize no one in here is like you, you know, you're like, Hmm, okay. Um, but anyway, so then I like was doing CrossFit and then kind of tried the yoga thing, but it didn't really work. And then it wasn't until coach summers when he said that. And I was just like, let me see what this guy's talking about because I swear Mm -hmm. I've stretched before and it didn't work for me simply because I couldn't do it. And then I just, it was a whole new level from there. Right. It was like, it was like, Oh no, 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 no. I realized that I had (laughs) never stretched before. I had never stretched before. Um, Yeah. And that was, I think there was a lot of us back then at that time. Like that's, I think where we all found kind of community with each other is because his impact in kind of calling all that shit out. Cause we had all mobility I mean, it was really nothing until CrossFit. And then all of a sudden you had just such a large, you know, just a large population of people wanting to move better. And it's like, oh, we need to deliver something, right? No one really knew what flexibility training was or even, you know, how to apply it. And then if you do look at the gymnastics where that's where they come from, the most flexible, strongest athletes probably out there, they fucking stretch their asses off. So then you got Coach Summers laughing as mobility is growing. And he's like, what the hell are you guys doing? Like, yeah, no literally. Stretching. <laughs> literally. And and like, I'm just glad that I was in a position where I had the awareness that I could be like, he is talking to me, but I yeah. could go, there's got to, there's truth in this, right? Like, like, yeah. cause a lot of people just reject it and say, and a lot of people did like, uh, oh, this guy's just talking shit. And it's like, eh, no, like there was a lot of truth in what he was saying. And yep. you know, there's a lot of history there with coach Summers and CrossFit and the yep. initial and all that anyways. Well, save all that because like i kind of want to bring this back to the original point but the flexibility work a whole different level of upper body development that i've ever experienced i think when i was doing like muscle ups and rope climbs i don't think my lats had ever been so freaking just nice and round and developed my upper back um obviously we got into the handstand stuff but like it's definitely a different it's a specific body for sure but i but at the same time it's like is it really? Because I think if you even just look at it like a CrossFitter, if you look at like a CrossFitter who's been in CrossFit for, let's say three to five years, that's probably what I did look like mm-hmm. five or six years into my training career. Yeah. Like, like legitimately had I actually like done structured training consistently for many years. And then you look at CrossFitters have been in the game like 10, 12, 15 years now. And it's like the physique is on a whole other level. Yeah. Um, and that's what I, that's kind of why I wanted to take it back there. Cause we have had so many transitions and it, and it kind of brings us into the conversation, which I'm sure we'll get to in a second as well. Cause there's like kind of a few points I wanted to touch on this, but the, the first one is like, I think a lot of people look at people's physiques and they go, they use this one specific method 
to achieve mm-hmm. that specific physique. And while there is some variance in probably like powerlifters, bodybuilders, etc., on the very top end, yeah. If you look at most, well, I guess it depends on what you are. You looking at geared powerlifters? Are you looking at natural powerlifters, etc.? So there's obviously some nuance in this discussion. So no one rip us to shreds with your outliers of of examples <laughs> that I'm sure you're going to be able to find. But the point is, is like, you know, if you look at some of those cool black and whites from some of the powerlifters, like like Roger Eastep and guys like that, like that guy could be a bodybuilder. Yeah, you know what I mean, like he could absolutely be a bodybuilder. And and the thing is, people even during the '80s, like what people don't realize about Franco and and, and and Arnold and these guys is like, they were very much like hybrid athletes for a big part of their career. You know, like Franco yep. did strongman, he did powerlifting, he did weightlifting, Arnold dabbed on that. It's like you, a lot of people attribute a certain physique or they correlate a certain physique to a, a very specific training style. But what they don't actually realize is like their physique literally is just an accumulation of everything they've done to that point. And of course, yeah there's, there's periods of which they were very generalized. And then they also got very specialized, but even then it's like, what really is bodybuilding training? You know what I mean? It's like, because you look at the sets and the reps and well, there's volume guys and there's single set to failure guys. And there's guys that use compounds and there's guys that didn't use compounds and it just goes on and on and on. And it's like, is it really, it's like your physique now, like what you were saying is like, you look older. It's like, I wouldn't say you look older. I would say yeah. you look younger, but your physique looks a denser, more kinda. mature. Like, yeah, it, like, it, like you denser, can tell you yeah. have put thousands upon thousands, th- well, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of hours into yeah. your body. That's what it looks like. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, that's like the primary difference. It doesn't matter how you trained in the past 15 years. Like it's your yeah. body is just simply a result of 15 years of training. And you yeah, probably could have trained one way, or a myriad of different ways, and it would look relatively similar. You're just going to look developed. You're going to look strong. You're going to yeah. look, you're going to have the physique that you have. And it's like yeah. the lower body development. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, exactly. They played a role, right? That's yeah, 100%. Where, I mean, that's like, I think that's more of like the essence of like longevity is like when you realize that you can dabble and change and transition, you know, whether it's an injury whether it's just friggin' boredom, right? Yep. You're like, man, I'm sick of this. Like, go do something else, pick up a different type of modality. And you're still like, that's kind of what's been, uh, I think, so cool about the process over time where I am now in my life is just kind of seeing how it's like, I found a way to kind of keep pushing myself physically and, and keep it exciting. And, you know, I mean, the old school stuff, it still is a deeper dive for me. I'm going harder and harder. You've seen that kind of evolve in oh, the last yeah. few years. But those guys were like, they, that's the original CrossFit to me when I think think about them. Yeah. It's just like they were just like getting into it and everyone's has this diverse background. Everyone's wrestling. Everyone's working on conditioning, gymnastics and lifting. And like this just diverse population of athletes just figuring out physical culture. And then you saw it kind of dip, you know, into machine-based bodybuilding stuff. Everyone's Speci- yeah, it was either like super commercial machine bodybuilding or like um yeah aerobic fitness, right? Like like I wouldn't even really call it aerobic fitness because if you actually understand like true aerobic capacity, it wasn't even really that. But it was like sort of like this uh I mean it was still aerobic fitness. It just it yeah. was like primarily prim- primarily I cannot talk this morning, primarily <laughs> aimed towards women, right? Yeah. Like during the 80s and early 90s and um 
but this one was like kind of one or the other. It was like commercial. Yeah. Arnold definitely contributed, obviously, to the commercial success of like bodybuilding. So that became like the primary mode of, of sort of physical fitness. And then yeah. it was like, oh, the women need something to do too. And it was like aerobic fitness, you know, step routines and 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 like pseudo Pilates and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, but. Yeah, I mean, what is CrossFit really? I mean, it's just cross training that just branded yeah. it as like a that eventually became a specific sport. Um, yeah, and, and it kind of derived from military culture, right? Because yeah, it really was. That's that's it was I was tactical, just, it was tactical training. Yep. Yep. And those individuals are, you know, they do those competitions, but they train in that way where it's time, time based, task specific based. And then it's like, you know, I, I, what was it like? The movie Three Hundred comes out, and then it's like, yeah, everyone wants this body and aesthetic and i think that was a big culture shift right yeah. for like yeah for, you for could even think again, of that is 300 no one talks about that but that almost like i remember that era of being oh, almost oh. like when i saw 300 iron. i wanted to look like gerard butler 100 yeah. percent. i think i like pumping i think i, I, think I like wished this beard into existence because i didn't have a beard <laughs> when that came out and like i saw that movie i was like dude not only do i need to be that jacked and ripped i need a beard like that and then yeah. a few years later, here's this, here this bad boy just popped up on my face. So, you know, I yeah. think maybe that's what I did. Three, 300, that's a good point. 300 is the pumping iron of the 2000s. It really is. When that shit came out, everyone grew beards. Everyone started doing <laughs> CrossFit tire flips because they... Uh, Functional I think was, training. I think it was Jim Jones was his trainer, was the trainer for those guys. I remember doing- He did like, he, he did like a men's health article on yeah. his whole training or something like that, I'm pretty sure. You remember, did you ever go through his, he used to have a site that was like CrossFit where he shared all his workouts. I remember doing that for a bit and it was like three wads a day. Yeah, it was, it was a just, lot. It was absolutely fucking nuts. But yeah, I mean, it basically was like, CrossFit, like more or less. There's no way, there's no way I can perform this unless I'm taking a fucking shitload of drugs. I remember just like getting through a couple of the workouts and I was like, holy fuck. But I remember getting in crazy shape doing that at that time. I was like transitioning a little bit between powerlifting and the military kind of stuff. Right. And it was, uh, yeah, that, I don't think we talk about that enough because 300 came out that three, remember the 300 workout? It was like yeah. 25 reps of everything. Yeah. It was like all <laughs> kinds of different things. That was ridiculous. And that's so funny. I've totally forgot about that. But when you brought that up, I was like, that's such a good point because yep. that was like, when did that movie come out? That had to be. 2006. Seven, six, five, something like that. Something like that, right? Uh, we're we're going to like Google it right now because... Those guys had the CrossFit aesthetic. 2007. So it was my... 2007. Let's see if I expose my age here. That was, I had to, that was my junior year of high school, which yep. is perfect. Because I think that may have literally been the push for me to be like, I'm going to the fucking gym, dude. Yeah. Like, um, I, well, you also just wanted to throw a fucking javelin, right? You just yes. wanted, you know? <laughs> But they had that look. It's like all of a sudden they had like an athletic every look. every guy in high school was that for Halloween. You yep. were you were a Spartan warrior. <laughs> yeah. Um and but, but that's I was like, skinny as shit, but I was a Spartan warrior. That's the bronze era look, man. Abs, shoulders, and arms. Their no chest, chest really. Yep. And yeah, they were like maybe not as isolated to the bronze era kind of training, lifting and stuff, but like that's like that's all it fucking was to me. Like I think about it now, I'm like. Yeah, that's that's the old school look. That's the aesthetic that, you know, a lot of us still view as like a natural looking uh, fit aesthetic, right? Where it's like, yeah, you look like you can run and fucking kill a bunch of Roman soldiers. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, 
That, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. Wow. I feel like I just had like, I just feel like I had a moment of clarity there. That was pretty <laughs> profound. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think that'll like kind of bring us into, well, and I'll say this too, like, and I know you follow these guys, but like I, years ago, I stumbled on Plague of Strength. Yeah. And also there's this other guy that I follow. His name is Mythical Strength. And they're kind of like the OGs of like, of like a, like a countering misinformation in the fitness industry, like sort of against the mainstream, right? You had like the yeah. T-Nation saying that like, and again, like T-Nation was great, but it, it, there was a bit of a counter, I guess you would consider them like counterculture guys. Like they're, they're like kind of counterculture fitness is essentially what they are. Yeah. And their big takeaway message, because I've, I've purchased both of their books and PDFs and I've spent hours reading their blogs and it's like, there's, a, there's, a, there's almost an infinite amount of ways to the same place. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's like looking at their workouts and, and them actually going through the history of so many famous lifters and, and lifters we haven't even heard about just because they weren't commercially successful at the time, which I think is fascinating. Like just real physical culture history you realize that so many people got to the same place in a myriad of different ways and different techniques and just over the, their career, just so many different things, like different athletic backgrounds. You know, a lot of them were like pugilists, boxers, fighters. So this was like, even before like MMA became popular, right? Like a lot of them yeah. were just like legit boxers and fighters, bouncers, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but they just did it all. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, it's like on one end, you have a shoulder workout that looks like it's all isolation stuff. It's, you know, uh, all your typical, you know, flies and lateral raises and front raises and this and that. And then on the other hand, you got 10 sets of three push press, also a shoulder workout. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that. It's like, those are the two <laughs> different workouts that you get in this. It's like, here's some great shoulder routines. And it's like, holy shit, these are completely like opposite ends of the spectrum, but they do this, like yeah. they'll probably get you somewhat to the same. Like there's obviously some differences, but the, yeah. the point just being is like, it was cool reading those guys material because you, you do start to sort of realize like not everything is as it seems. And like, that's the thing I think what kind of sparks this discussion between you and I, when I was finally I was like, all right, we got to get on a podcast is like, you see these fitness influencers who like have spent the majority of their training careers doing other things, yeah. right. Things that everyone else does. And then they find this thing that's sort of new that they, they sort of picked up on in recent years. And then they money. go, this is, this is what I contribute to it's all of money. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> it is called money. Yeah. Uh, but it's this, this new, this new way of training that I'm doing now is I contribute yeah. fully to my physique or strength level as it is. And it's like, did you ever maybe just consider that? Like, it's just an accumulation of everything that you've done up until this point, yeah. including all of those barbell compound lifts that you did for years that you say are yep. not effective for building muscle yep. and that you just happen to be on the tail end of those. Because the thing yep. that people don't understand about like physiological adaptations, is they're not as acute as you think they are, right? Like mm -hmm. all the acute stuff is like coordination, you know, like fluid, like just holding more water, holding more fluid, getting more fluid to like the muscles, because now you're actually using them and they're getting, they have to get, you know, blood and fluid to them. Right. So it's like a lot of, even if you go week to week and you're like, Oh, I'm PRing. And it's like, my strength's going up. It's like, your strength's probably not really going up. Like it was there. Yeah. It's just, you're getting more coordinated at doing what you're doing and what, but what you're doing now, it doesn't mean that you're not getting stronger. That's also not what I'm saying. It just means that like, what you're doing now is going to show up weeks and months from now. It's not going to yeah. show up 
tomorrow or next week. Like that's not how, yeah. that's not how training works. Right. And so it's like, yeah. it's funny how you get these guys that like their whole freaking career and, and majority of their physique is based off of a certain style of training that they just go in and they just start to shit all over because they're like, yeah, yeah. well, you don't need to do those. It's like, you're not allowed to say that unless yeah. you've, unless you've solely built your physique on the, on, on a singular method that you've done your entire freaking career. And, and like, if you've only then okay, I would say, okay, you can probably say that, but yeah. it's just such a weird space because people will say like, yeah, you know, it's, it's very popular right now. Like spot, like compounds are terrible. And it's like, you like <laughs> literally 90, 90 plus percent of your physique was built in compound training. Now yeah. it's bad. Yeah. Just because, That's, because yeah. now you've put in another three years of training yeah. on top of the 12 you had previously and you're seeing, yeah. you're seeing you're, results, obviously. Yeah. Right. You're able like, to keep going because you're not doing compounds, I guess. Yeah. Or whatever. It doesn't even matter. It's like, it doesn't even matter what the reason is. It's like no. you just yeah. accumulated two or three more years of training. Yeah. Like yep. you could have probably done anything and, yeah. that, and that's just it. And you still find that you still get guys that are like, still getting bigger and stronger in compounds. And they're going, no, oh, compounds still get you big and strong. And it's like, that's true. And then you get other guys that are like, you don't need to do compounds to get big and strong. And it's like, that's true. And, and it's just like in these guys, it's just a, it's just a ridiculous argument because like, and then yeah. at the end of the day, you just really go like, what is, what is the common, the commonality between these things? And it's like, well, yeah. Training age, <laughs> yeah. all the habits that you're going to build over however many years of training, yeah. Right? So obviously, like if you've been training that long, I can almost guarantee you, you've probably dialed in sleep for the most part. Maybe it's not perfect, but it's relatively optimized. Food choices are going to be relatively optimized. And I'm not saying we're not going to have like, like ups and downs and peaks, like again, because it is a, a very drawn out process that takes, you know, that it, it's again, we're a combination of habits of like, yeah. if you really have an impressive physique, strength numbers, et cetera, it's usually like a decade plus of training. Yeah. And it, it's just such a bizarre argument. I think that's really what brought us to have this conversation is because it's like, you get these guys that are like, yeah, you know, squats don't build quads. I'm like, really dude, because I never touched a machine till this year. And I've got bigger quads than most anybody that I ever have met, including <laughs> physique competitors. So don't tell me that. And I literally only did squats. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I can be like, no, I literally only did barbell and maybe some dumbbell work here, like split squat or whatever. But like it was predominantly barbell and dumbbell free weight leg training. Yeah. And then I still yeah. can go in into a leg press and, and leg press nine or 10 plates the same way everyone else can. I just maxed out the adductor machine, the abductor machine, the ab machine, the low back machine. Like I, there are actually several machines at the gym, the leg extension machine that are literally worthless for me to train because, you know, it's just so long um, that I've just spent training has accumulated to this point where now, um, it, it's, it's just showing up. Like it's just showing up later. You know what I mean? And so it's, and it's, and there's so many variables that it's hard to really correlate specific things to, to one thing. And I think that's what just drives me nuts. And it drives you nuts because it's like everything that I've done up to this point has attributed yeah. to this, to this thing. It, it's, yep. I can't, I, there's, it, it would be impossible for me to really deduce any one variable down and say, Oh, yep. this was the variable because it's not only is it impossible, it's, it's, it's always going to be hypothetical. Like even if you go into the, uh, the optimal crowd and you say, Hey, is there any proof or evidence that we can maximize any one single variable 
And by maximizing that one single variable, we're now going to maximize our output that we get from that variable. So if we maximize one singular input, do we, can we be sure that we maximize an, a singular output based on that? And the answer is no. There's no way to know because there's just too many variables. Like hypothetically, I would say it makes sense. Like hypothetically, like purely from just like a mental masturbation standpoint of like, oh yeah, if I line up my arm here and I only pull this direction, it hits these fibers and blah, 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 blah. But it's like, <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm not saying it doesn't work, yeah. but I'm not going to put all my cards in just that one basket and Absolutely. say, and say, oh, I just started doing these lat pull downs these past three months because some new PubMed come out and said that, you know, this is the best way to train lats. And it's like, yeah. dude, like your lats are the way they are now because of your 10 years of training. It has nothing to do with like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, it's just such a weird argument. Dude. And it's like, dude. I don't understand how people just don't even go, don't even question it. They just go, yeah, it makes total yeah. sense. Like you have to, you have to want to become an informed consumer, uh, which is hard. Very hard. It's hard nowadays because everyone's trying to sell you something. Um, yeah. And I think what, what the unfortunate thing is, is that you, like as we have done as well too, is you do have to come to your own conclusions through some of those experiences. Like you may, you will have to go try this. Oh, I'm going to try this method because they said this and then come to realizations like, yeah, it works. But I mean, the other thing worked too, right? Yep. And it's like, that's kind of the process is where, you know, you do want to try these different approaches and just come to terms with realizing like it all fucking works. But like, what are we trying to do here? And like, what's what's the goal? And like, that's where I think everyone just gets so uh, gets their head spinning in so many different directions, because, yeah, they're just not informed in that way where they they don't have enough of their own experiences that hopefully are those experiences should be mentored in a way where at least your coach or mentor is telling you it's like, this is one way. And this is a way that I like to do things from you know, my own coaching experiences and, and things, but like, it's not the only yep. way, right. It's like, we, this is the way we're going. We're going to try this. But if your coach is, is very dogmatic, some people respond well to that, right? It's like, you have to do this. This is the only way. And there's no other uh, way to get it done. And it's like, you know, you become yep. very just closed into your own ways of thinking and doing things. And um yeah, it's, it's a challenge, but like, I think, unfortunately, like uh, you have to kind of come to your own conclusions and, you know, that whole fitness influencer message has been around since the bronze era, right? Like if you look at those guys, you got like Eugene Sandow sell, selling like a high rep system. It's like, he yeah. never fucking did that. Never the guy did. was like, he was an elite gymnast, <laughs> you know? And then like, he was like, you know, training on rings and shit. And then he was lifting and then all of a sudden he's selling you like high rep system with these small dumbbells. And it's like, yeah, you're going to help a lot of people. I get it because no one's probably doing shit. So at the end of the day, if you aren't doing shit, you start doing something, you're going to get into some better shape. But to say this is how you got to where you are is just, you know, it's, it's wrong. And then you got like a guy like Arthur Saxon, who was the strongest of all of them, who just never did that shit. He just was like more into telling you how much weight he's using and then yeah. telling you like, he was telling you how he did it, which back then it was, there wasn't enough commercialization around just being genuine for them to yeah. like give a shit. He was the strongest dude. No one gave a shit. It's like kind of sad when you go back and read about him and it's like fucking guy was insane. He was so strong, but like, he just didn't have that bullshit side to him where it's like, where he know? just wanted to, where he sold, he sold, he, he, yeah. 
he, he yeah. basically sold himself for the for the sake of yeah. he'd get on stage and weigh his barbell in front of everyone and be like yeah that's 400 pounds and then he would do something great and everyone's like who cares <laughs> but, right? the high, but, but the high rep system yeah yeah but you know you come on stage with like fucking elephants and lions and shit and all of a sudden everyone's like oh shit yeah yeah and you lift like 100 pounds right <laughs> it's like <sighs> but i think it you know like what you do see nowadays though is like guys like you and i we do have a platform to create a message and that's what's so great and it's, it's taken me a long time to even build up confidence to like sit here on a podcast even yeah. though you and me have been friends for like so long it's like yeah we talk every day it's still more casual when i'm talking to you on a podcast but even still now it's like sitting on a podcast and i'm like fuck like i'm not as you know animated as like some of these other influences are right but at least we have a platform where we can just learn to shape and mold that message that we think people need to hear which you know takes time you know having podcasts it does take time. like this yeah. you know like you, you know, learning how to create content and, and push a message out that isn't as, um, you know, I guess gimmicky or against, against the fucking story. It's like the story is the whole, the whole fucking thing, the whole process. And yep. this is, you know, just finding a way to, to get that out to people so that they are informed. They should be informed that, um, there isn't just one approach, but unfortunately <laughs> you have to come to those conclusions yourself and, you know, like you said, the there, you know, it takes a long time and, and you get to a point where you have had all those experiences. And it's funny talking about the hybrid model because I still like, I still obsess about the hybrid model as to like, what actually is that? It's like, you chatted with Alec. He's, he's a good guy, man. He's a young upcoming young guy, very, you know, he, uh, very accomplished in his pursuits so far. You know, yeah. like I always respect any endurance athletes because yeah we both will likely admit we're not the pinnacle or epitome yeah. of endurance athletes by any standard. I'm very much yeah. like a, like a sporty, like mm -hmm. if I do cardio and conditioning, it's very much geared because I want to like play a specific sport. And yeah. But like, will I ever like, don't get me wrong. I, it's one of those things like I've accepted yeah. as like just part of fitness, like anyone else. And I probably yeah. take it a little bit more seriously than most, but like, you don't see me signing up for marathons and, and trying to like, yeah beat murph challenges and stuff like that like it's just yeah. i just have no interest right like well even um, like studying those guys you see how they've evolved from that being like their foundation too right yeah it's like having that foundation as like an endurance athlete and then getting into like heavy dose strength work and stuff it's like that's kind of like the crossfit athlete that's kind of like the pinnacle of what all those the best athletes have this crazy endurance foundation um but I don't know. It's like even still like thinking about like, how do you still, when we talk about all these pieces getting to the same thing, like how do you still have those low dose things into your training along the way? Right. Like even for me right now, it's like my calisthenics work isn't like it used to be, but there's an appreciation for straight arm strength. Oh yeah. Cer certain things in my training that I still do that I'm like, okay, that's low dose enough where I still fit that need. And I think that's kind of like a, I don't know. Like you try to present it in your own coaching. Like if you looked at a program I wrote fucking 10 years ago compared to what it looks like now, a lot of the same things leading you maybe to the same path in terms of strength, but there's like this low dose kind of uh, experiences that I've had where I think these are important things that you probably should be working on if you haven't, but some people need to like dive right into that. Right. Yeah. Uh, 
And that's where your introduction to flexibility training may be low dose. Like, yeah, you can do some stuff and make some gains while you're still lifting, but to a point, if you need real change, you may have to just like kind of what you and I did, like go hard, do fucking long static stretches. Yeah. Uh, make a little bit of a, put a few things on the back burner, just a little bit maintenance mode kind of thing. And yeah, you know, that's, I think a lot of people are maybe looking for hybrid approach too soon in some scenarios, if they have a certain goal in mind. Like, for sure. And you and I experienced that a lot. People are like, can I do this, 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 and this and get flexible? And it's like, fucking probably not, but yeah, no, especially <laughs> not where you're at. Right. Like, I think like, it's interesting. I think the human experience is just very repetitive. And I think like, if you like going all the way back, even to what you said with the bronze area and the bronze era and the influencers and like what drives commercial success, it's like people, the things people will do for money, even if it's, yeah. even if they're incredibly dishonest or whatever, it's like, and then of course people in, in society try to justify, well, he's helping people. So it's okay that he was a little dishonest about how he got there. As long as, you know, like some people get helped along the way. And it's like, eh. you know, morals and ethics is a very individual subject. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Everyone just, you know, it's like, okay, if, if you, then you, that's fine. I'm glad that you think it's okay. Yeah. Um, but I don't. So, <laughs> you know, we're just going to agree to disagree there, but even just within the training experience, right? Because like, and this is something like Alec and I even touched on briefly was there is sort of this repetitive cycle of like generalization, specialization, generalization, specialization, generalization, specialization. It just keeps repeating itself over and over and over. And it's like, that's for me, it was kind of like, I guess fitness was more or less specialized specifically for baseball and you just did baseball. And then I generalized a little bit and I started training in the gym and doing things like playing basketball and swimming at the rec center and lifting weights and whatever. And then it was kind of like, Oh, I'm going to join a CrossFit gym. And then I started very much doing like uh, CrossFit wads and Metcons, which also in a way is like very general, but it's also very specific to that style of training. And then from there, I kind of got, I guess you could say it's pretty generalized. Then I got into the more specialized like gymnastic stuff. And then even then, when you just get into the bodyweight gymnastics, even that gets even more specialized. Mm -hmm. Do you just become the handstand person? Do you become the ring strength person? Do you become the, the skills flipping, tumbling, acrobatics sort of, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's it's like, it's wild how even within these, like what you may already consider a specialization, it's like even within gymnastics, there's high bar, there's floor, there's rings, there's pommel horse, there's parallel bars. It's like, you can literally specialize eight different ways. Um, you know, and even in weightlifting, it's like, yeah, you only have the snatch and you have the clean and jerk, but there's snatch specialists. There's clean and jerk specialists. If you go to, if you go to powerlifting, you have squat specialists, deadlift specialists, bench press specialists. So it's like, even once you specialize, you can get even more specific about like Mm. what you're going to do. And I think, it's just a natural cycle that people need to like, you need to step out into this general training perspective for a little bit to just regain perspective and say, okay, what am I going to focus on now? And then, like you said, you keep some of that stuff you were doing, you kind of keep it in a little bit to maintenance while you now specialize on this thing. And then it's like, then you just get a little bit more general. It's it's like, almost the transition of like a power lifter from very little I've ever been involved in powerlifting. But if you just compare powerlifters in the sense of it probably started out very general. Most of these guys were probably playing sports and got introduced to the lifts or they started training in their commercial gym when they were teenagers with their buddies and they realized they liked to bench press. And mm-hmm. so, huh, what sport has a lot of bench pressing? 
oh, well, powerlifting does. So yeah. I'm going to start now going from like kind of hitting barbell on like a chest day to now I'm going to start training barbell bench press two or three days a week, four days a yeah. week. And I'm only going to squat bench deadlift. And then they specialize for a heavy period of time, probably two, three, four, five years of only doing those lifts. Again, there's some nuance there. Of course, they probably did some other things, but if we're just really focusing on like the meat and potatoes of the style of training. Yeah. And then they get, what happens? They get really freaking good at squat bench deadlift. And of mm -hmm. course, from being so hyper-specialized, they probably start dealing with some secondary consequences from that. And so what does it force them to do? It forces them to regain a little perspective, step out, get a little bit more variation. And I think then that's when you started seeing all these heavy specialists kind of get drawn to conjugate because it's like, okay, they're powerlifting, but these are guys that are incredibly strong that have put hundreds, if not thousands of hours into squat benching and deadlifting. And now because they're so technically proficient and coordinated with squatting, benching and deadlifting, they can now afford to sort of regeneralize again. And the, the acclimation and accumulation to like all this generalized training still contributes to the greater thing, which is going to be a bigger, fitter, stronger individual. And it's like, I think those phases just kind of come and go naturally. And I think if people were so like, if they could just, I understand it's like sort of scary and fearful in like a really pathetic way, because like how, how, how blessed are we to be scared about our like first world problems of like training in a gym and, and you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's like, it's fearful in the sense that like, you've been doing, you've, it's, you, it's a commitment you've made to a certain thing for so long. And like, it, and like anything, now you're stepping away from it a little bit and you're like, what's going to yeah. happen? And it's like, nothing crazy is going to happen. You're just yeah. going to keep getting better. It's just, yeah. and you're going to do things a little differently and it's okay. Embrace yeah. it, accept it. It's like, I'm fortunate that when I snapped my leg, I didn't just go, oh, it's all over. And I laid on the couch and I'm like, I can't squat. I was just, what am I going to do with myself? I'll tell you what I'm going to do with myself. Maybe, maybe I'm for a day. Go in, yeah, I'm going to go in the next day <laughs> and I'm doing seated deadlifts and I'm training upper body. That's yeah. what I'm doing. I'm going to do anything and everything that I can do. And it totally has changed how I've trained for the past six or eight weeks, yeah. both out of necessity, but also just like, why not? It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like the identity crisis you face when you get into the fitness world, right? It's like, I'm a power lifter. I'm a strong man. I'm this. And you're just looking for identity. I'm a PRI person. I'm an FRC. Per yeah, exactly. Yeah, same with coaches. You know, yeah. And that's where I think, I mean, the, the influencer message too, that sometimes comes across dogmatic is part of that as well too is like a lot of coaches are trying to find their identity they think that you know i have to latch on to this approach and then that's gonna you know give me clients maybe it does for a bit but then you realize to a certain degree like they don't need that just that one thing or just that one thing is very limited right yeah uh and then it's it's a challenge trying to find because it's a challenge getting out of that mindset that you need some kind of specific identity it's like no, you just need more experiences and you, you need to, you know, keep finding that thing that keeps you going so that you can continue to kind of go through that process of just health, fitness and well-being. And like, you know, I think that's, yeah, you got, you got to kind of have that obsessive trait, I think too, to, to want to do that. But again, that, that comes through experiences because I have been there, like the, the injury I had in powerlifting, I ruptured my bicep that did fuck me up. And I, I did yeah. go through an identity crisis there because I had, I just went to, I went so deep and competitive with it that I just realized like, holy fuck, like I kind of gave up all those other avenues um, to do that one thing. And uh, I think that's, I mean, the only transition or the only option I had was to make that transition and say, right. I gotta go do something fucking completely different 
And then even that kind of got to a point where I was starting, like that experience I had from that big loss in powerlifting, you know, the, the gymnastics, like you remember at the time, it's like, we started embodying body weight, dad. Yeah. Those we are... embodied it. <laughs> yeah. We embodied it. To Ring complex. It started, yeah. It started to get a little too specific and that's what I struggled with. I remember I took a lot of time off social media there and you were like the only person that reached out to me. And you were like, are you all right, man? It was a while, dude. How long was that? It had to be more than a, a year. year. Yeah. Like, it was, yeah, it was, I think it was, know, yeah. It was a while. Like, I just like, I stopped using it because I had this, again, this identity crisis again, where I was like, I'm not just bodyweight guy or dad. I'm like all these different things. And I wanted to, if I was to do it the way it's kind of been, you know, built back up, it was to showcase that message. It's like. Yeah, well, you know, you know the crisis I'm going through currently then, because I'm still, I'm like, I feel like artists formerly known as Prince, because I'm, <laughs> I'm the flexible, and people are like, why don't you stretch all the time? It's like, it's just not what I'm doing right now. I still yeah. understand it better than like 99% of people on social media, and I yeah. still have people that are doing stretch. You know what I mean? It's like it's not that, but it's just like you can't look at what I'm doing in training and then like base my whole identity off of. Yeah. that or like my breadth of knowledge it's like what am i supposed to only post stretches on the internet because like i under even though i don't do them but i still under like currently but i spent yeah. an extensive amount of time learning that and i yeah. still it's like such a bizarre place and it's like so i'm already kind of like looking at a rebranding and part of it is like fuck this is what people know me as like and the height of my social media has been flexible like that's what people know me as so i like am i kicking myself in the ass by potentially just kind of rebranding and just being me. Like I'm literally just like, I'm just going to be Jeffrey Wolf or strength or whatever, not even strength culture, because that's not me. That's like this other yeah. brand and business that I've built, but is that going to kick me in the ass or are people just going to, or is it finally going to give me a little bit of freedom Yeah, where I, where I don't feel so restricted to like, I feel like I have to post stuff a certain way that's because the, that's, that's the, the expectation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of what I, when I, went through that period. That's where I was. I was like, okay, wait a second. Now I have to post body weight stuff. Yeah. And you were going through it too. Cause you were yeah, doing ring complex. It was like, wait a sec. We we're more than this. Yep. <laughs> and, yeah. So uh, even, yeah. Like people reach out about range of strength all the time because it is very isolated to flexibility. And when you, when you hear the word, you think, oh, it's your range through your greatest or your strength through your greatest amount of range. And it's like, well, time. it is. Right. Well, it isn't. It isn't. To me, it's a range of your strength. The range. Mean, yeah. That's what I, well, range of strength works because for me, I think range. Like, yeah. Like, the I think of, of it both ways. Like how many different ways yeah. can you express it? Can you do it yeah. old school? Can you do how those guys used to move, which requires flexibility? Can yeah. you, can you fucking smash some astagrass squats, which yeah. requires a good understanding of flexibility and a good understanding of mechanics? Right. It's like, can you, you know, so it's like, that's more of I've because I've kind of even thought about that too with like, but I think that message, you know, it's fine in that message where you can portray you like because you are you have so such a broad skill set. And uh, yeah, I mean, you have been a sport performance focused individual, which has been cool because that's been like for those listening that haven't heard that first podcast we did together, like you were the first guest on the range strength podcast. That's right. And that still is like, I think the top performing episode because it was this unconventional approach to using flexibility with athletes that you were using yeah. ATG at the time when yeah. they brought you in. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's always been when I think of you and what you've done as well too, where you're at, it's like that unconventional approach to sport performance where it's like this mix of all your experiences, which is cool as fuck to see. And that episode was dope because we got into like, I don't think, I still don't think anyone's even talked about flexibility and sport performance. Like we did in that episode because you were in it at the time you were taking giants through. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like 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 a lot of flexibility work. Right. Yeah, and right. he has crazy Flips results and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and it was just insane. And that was, uh, you know, there's been a transition and stuff like from that to where you're at now, but it's all still there. And so it's always cool to when you when you watch a coach evolve in their practice and you know yeah. go through those different transitions. It's uh, yeah. I mean, well, it's like even today, um, we had the football team in this morning, and then uh, we had the a coach from Georgia and then we had a coach from Stanford in here recruiting and uh the coach from Stanford walked up to me because I had them first they did hack deadlifts this morning nice. and they did um floor presses Sweet. so not even like full range bench press because like I'm like I'm afraid to post a floor press because like god forbid you even do a bench press you have to do <laughs> full range neutral grip dumbbell pressing all the time because that's how you get flexible <laughs> shoulders right and then it's like so then I did floor press and then they did Zercher Good Mornings. And he came nice. over to me and he was just so intrigued because he was just like, he's like, is that like a Zercher Good Morning? Like he obviously, he was fake. You could obviously understand, like these guys are probably usually yeah. ex-football players. So they've been around training. Like they know what they're talking about. And uh, he goes, is that like a Zercher Good Morning? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, I really like it. He's like, yeah. um, because it just forces you to do the thing that you want to see, especially mm-hmm. in like a training environment. Like a lot of, like, it's like, it's so funny when you get people on the internet, they're like, Oh my God, that kid's form. It's like, dude, I coach 40 teenagers at one time, 40 teenage boys, by the way, like there's only so much you can really control without just being an absolute asshole in the sense of yeah. like, not like a good asshole, like, like a discipline, like sort of like, Hey, get your shit together, asshole. But like just an asshole who like just doesn't let teenage kids have fun and figure it out. Yeah. Right. It's like, I would never put these kids in danger. I would never put these kids at risk. Yeah. And but he was just so impressed by it because he could even kind of see like, dude, like the yeah. positioning that it forces them to carry and the fact that they could still really load it up and hinge. Like, and he was like, I really like it. And he kind of just asked me like my reasoning behind it. And I gave it to him. He's like, man, I really like, it. I appreciate you sharing blah, blah, blah. You know? And it's like, it's such an unconventional thing to see in a mm-hmm. high school football weight room, yeah. like a searcher. Good morning. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> no one's doing that. Um, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a young teenage athlete perform a good morning properly. All right. And it's like a good morning period. Exactly. Yeah. And it's yeah. like always being prescribed and you're like, what the hell? Like, yeah, you're going to put a barbell on their back and it's like, yeah. you know, they and try and it's just finding a way to get them to do the thing without, you know, in those big group settings, it's like without ending uh, up where, you know, they're going to end yeah. up and that's either incredibly arched or they're going to load that shit up so heavy that they, they do have the potential to injure themselves because it's like, even if I work up to like work up, if I write on the board, work up to a five, like a top set of five quick, like a, like a, like a keep maintain the speed. Right. Yeah. Trust me, man. They're high school boys. It's going to go in one year and out the other. And (laughs) the second I turn my back, I got five or six different racks going. It's yeah. like, there's just no way for me to manage everything all the time with every single individual there. And teenage boys are going to push it. So yep. it's like, how do I control the, 
the risk, quote unquote, in the sense of like, how do I get what I want, but how do I control it without directly controlling it? Yeah. I just use this really awesome variation that's been around since the turn of the century, if not before that. And I use this and to do the thing instead of like just the yeah. traditional whatever. But I don't even know why I started going down, why I was even making that point. Oh, just because like even sports training in general has been such a weird, like sports specific. Yeah such a like how sports training has evolved the last decade in itself is just bizarre as hell yeah so well, you're, tre you're treating athletes like they live in a glass box now and they can't yeah you know do anything and, outside of this and and this yeah, is like every lift has to somehow resemble perfection uh, a shape or something that they do on the field yeah. and joint positions yeah. and all this other nonsense and you're just like there's certain validity to those <laughs> concepts it's a very probably specific and niche amount of times with a very specific specific and niche person but like yeah. at the end of the day most of these kids just aren't that strong period so like mm -hmm. once they get to the point where they're actually very physically impressive then you can probably get a little bit more specific but but by that time they're probably going to be far enough in their career where the weight room just is there to be there anyway and they're going to be to the point where they're in college where they're going into the league and the primary focus of their career is 100% that sport. It's not going to be yeah. the weight room at that point. So it's like, yeah. you know, I know I'm going to get all the sports scientists on here trying to rip me a new one. Like, Oh, well, joint <laughs> angles and the velocity of the, this. And it's like, shut up, man. Like it's just, <laughs> you know, it's like, I deal with it with my rugby team and I love those guys, but it's like, I'm in yeah. a chat with them and it's like, they're sharing like rugby specific strength training drills for the scrum and this and that and i'm like dude how about you just get like a deep ass strong squat and quit <laughs> fucking around with exercises that look like this thing that you do in the game yeah right like how do i how do i tack how do i improve my tackling strength get bigger get stronger and tackle more people that's how yeah. you improve your tackling strength so it's like yeah using what at the time would have probably been considered unconventional, but then I feel like the needle's just gone the other direction too, where it's like not every athlete necessarily needs to be in the splits or needs to. And it's like, it's just this constant. You're, you're kind of trying to always play the needle. And I'm, I'm, I'm sort of counterculture attitude as well. Like I'm, I, if I had to be totally honest, I'm probably always going to be trying to find a way to go against like the mainstream thing. And, and it's yeah. because we just know where that comes from most of the time. It's, it's like dogmatic as fuck. Yeah. And it's, and it's just based on like, it's just based on bullshit. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, everyone's looking at like the fancy packaging and no one's like looking at the core principles of like consistency train within proximal to failure, proximity to failure often as possible, mm -hmm. you know, recover the best you can sleep, whatever. And it's the same with just like, actually, I was just talking to a member yesterday and you might be able to, I think you'll be able to chime in on this very well because we've also both had periods of training where it's like we're training bare minimum, but we're also like going balls to the wall training two days, two times, maybe sometimes two times a day or whatever. And it was like, yep. she basically was asking me about someone that messaged her on Instagram and basically said she needed to be careful with overtraining and all this other nonsense. And like some of my beloved rugby teammates also were like, Oh, I don't, I don't train legs during the season. Cause then I just feel like my legs are too fatigued for me to run fast. And it's like, man, you're not even really that fast. Like, I don't know, <laughs> you know, like, I love you, dude, but like, it's not that fast. So like, but of course they're always referring to this like two to three week sort of like transition window of just like this act, like this accumulation of fatigue where, okay. Yeah. You're training. 
yeah, you're doing rugby practice. Like, let's be fair. It's, it's, it's literally structured to just fatigue the fuck out of you. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's like two to three weeks of that. And you feeling like, oh, it's the training. The training is just like fucking me up. And it's like, probably not. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and if you can just make it, it was like, somebody literally asked me, they're like, how do you like train legs, like deadlifted squat, like in the afternoon. And then you come to rugby practice and I'm like, I just fucking do like, I don't think about it that deeply. Like, it's just like, I, it's to me, I just think of it as like, I don't have a choice. Yeah. Right. Like I, like I'm going to continue to get stronger. I'm going to keep my fitness in. I'm going to continue to, to try to like add as much muscle mass to my frame as humanly possible. And then I'm going to still show up and I'm going to fucking ball out as hard as I possibly can when I play rugby and I'm going to hit motherfuckers as hard as I can. And I'm going (laughs) to run as fast as I can. That's it. There's no other option. Right. Because I think if you just accept like, Oh yeah, the training's really doing me in. Well, one, you probably, your training could probably be better structured anyway. Um, you're not training hard enough to begin with. Probably not training hard enough anyway. Like you're, (laughs) but it's, it's just like, because if you were actually getting bigger, stronger and faster, you'll actually find that just like everything becomes easier anyhow. Right. Even if you are just constantly getting fatigued. And it's just like, it's not an option, but she was, the reason she brought that up is because she was like, oh, I want to like, like, I want to just get better at deadlifting. And I was like, okay, we'll start deadlifting more. Right. Like, and I was like, how much are you deadlifting right now in your program? Because I have a signer program, but you know, I manage literally hundreds upon hundreds of people, both in gym and online. It's like, oh, just like really once a week, you're doing a deadlift. I was like, okay. I was like, you can come in and deadlift every single session if you want to. If you really want to improve your deadlift, come. you can do that. You can deadlift every day. I was like, yeah, well, why couldn't you? Like, look, you can train like a moron two days a week, and you can train like a moron seven days a week. And the person <laughs> who makes stupid decisions is ultimately gonna have consequences from those stupid decisions. Yep. But you could come in and you could train intelligently two days a week, and you can come in and you can train intelligently seven days a week. But I promise you, by the end of the year, the person that's trained two days a week intelligently and seven days a week intelligently, the person who's trained seven days a week intelligently is you're going to notice a a difference between those two people. Like at the top end, I'm not saying, and I don't want people to say that I'm making the argument that you have to train seven days a week to make progress or whatever. Like there's a difference between like minimum effective dose and then just putting in as much freaking work as possible. Yeah. If you really actually want to get good at something. And I think we've both done that with, when I learned muscle ups, it's like muscle up programming, bro. When I learned muscle up, there was no fucking such thing as muscle up programming. You know what I did? I showed up every single day, hard headed as hell. And I just did as many muscle ups as I could possibly do that day. And then within weeks I learned muscle ups and within weeks I was repping muscle ups. It's like, there was no train this part of them. It was like literally go every day and do muscle ups and, and train pull ups, pulling as hard and as fast as I could. And then do some pull-ups for volume because I wanted to, you know, get bigger or what it's like handstands. How did I get a 60 second double? Well, I'll tell you how handstands every single day, (laughs) you know, it's like squatting. How did I feel? How did you become so comfortable? You look so comfortable when you squat and your range of motion. It's like, what did you do? Well, for almost two years, I squatted every single day, sometimes two a day. sometimes three times a day and again i'm not saying like you have to do that but what i am saying is like if you can devote the time to it yeah and you're intelligent about it 
you're only going to accumulate more progress towards this goal, right? And just, of course, you're so worried about like overtraining and whatever. And it's like, well, this is where people get in their own heads about this concept of like a perfect program. Then the perfect program doesn't fucking exist, man. The, the no. fucking the goals and the targets exist and you need to find the mentors and coaches that can guide you in that direction, the way you see fit. Like, obviously they have to speak in a way. And that's, I mean, the same question comes up all the time for me. It's like, I feel like I'm at an opportunity where I can have a breakthrough in my front splits. It's like, okay, well, the energy is going in that direction. Our energy should be going in that direction. Cause it's yeah. like, cause it's that conflicting feeling. It's like, should I, like, what should I do? Because I got to make sure I do this, this, this. And it's like, well, that stuff can be on maintenance mode and we can put more energy if we're smart right. towards this goal and target that we have. And that's yeah. just the, everyone wants to train like an athlete because athletes have perfect programs An athlete has a perfect program because they have a sport that they yeah. need to put and devote all their time to. Right. It's like, so they don't necessarily have those goals in the weight room as much. And that's where people are like trying to train like athletes. And they're like, well, I'm just kind of like doing everything, but not really making progress anywhere. <laughs> it's like, yes, because you're not really like an athlete, like, right. You you know, you're, you, you gotta pick those goals and targets and we gotta put yeah. that energy towards that. It's like, unless you're literally like a strength athlete. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's, <laughs> it's like these football players. It's like the same message I have. I'm like, guys, you don't, these guys, they're not coming in here offering you D1 full ride scholarships that's valued at probably anywhere between 40 to $80,000 a year, mm. plus whatever money you're going to make from NIL deals and the potential to go play professional football because you're a fucking amateur powerlifter. <laughs> they don't care. Now they will still be impressed. Like my, you know, the number one um, kid, the kid who's the number one center in the country, front squatting 400 plus, back squatting probably close to 500 deadlifting over 500 has only been training for a couple years. It's only been playing football for three years. Yeah. Weighs 300 pounds and was repping out chin-ups. And the Georgia coach was just like standing there this morning, just videoing him doing chin-ups because this is a 300 pound athlete repping out chin-ups with like, you think my thighs are big. This guy's thigh is as big as my torso. And he's not even <laughs> anywhere close to, peak physical development. You know what I mean? Like put uh, 10 years on that frame. That's an NFL superstar hands yeah. down. Yeah. And, but it, it's just like, for most of those guys, this is just general preparation. You can go about it a number of different ways if they're getting bigger and they're getting strong. And it's like, it's also kind of what we talked about. I talked about with Alec because it's like a lot of guys, especially like sports specific coaches, they'll blame training on like, certain losses and adaptations that they make in the off season, like speed and stuff like that. And they're like, Oh, well, you know, they got slower. It's like, no, they didn't, they didn't get slower. They probably put on a good five to 10 pounds in the off season and they didn't run a single week out of those 12 <laughs> to 16 weeks. It's like, yeah. it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's not, it's, it's and Alec made a good point. It's usually like, what did you not do that where you're starting to, when you're looking at like where things aren't going right or where things, you start to lose certain qualities, it's like, what did you take away? It's not really what did you add? It's like, what's missing now? And it's like, yeah. oh, you know, and that's the, that's the mistake that we made season one is when I got these guys back was like, we didn't really do a lot of sprinting and plyos and stuff in the off season. Like 
I kind of just took the traditional, like, we're just going to lift weights or whatever. And it's like when spring ball came around and now they're running routes and they're starting whatever, we didn't have any injuries, but the guys were like, oh, my hamstrings are all this. And it's like, so I was like, what? Okay, we got to keep that stuff in. And they're like, hey, how are they doing this spring? All of them are like, I feel bigger. I feel stronger. I am running faster because they are Mm -hmm. going to camps and combines and they're getting numbers. And it's like, it's, it's, you know, it's just like, it all is just, it's, you're just on enough of it. It's, it's just general training. It's just general preparation training. It's just like they're high school athletes. They just need to get bigger. It's like, man, I have a kid, his first day, he was dumbbell goblet squatting 25 pounds. He's the kicker on the team. All right. So give the guy a break, <laughs> but <laughs> dumbbell goblet squatting 25 pounds, legs like Bambi. He's now repping 225. He's only been training for a little over a year. It's like the best thing that kid could do is just get stronger. Mm-hmm. Like sports specific, my ass. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what are you going to do? Like, he's a kick, you know, like, like anyways, but, and of course, like, I would say my training is probably at least more intelligently strong. Like I have a reason for everything that I do. Right. So like yeah. anyone who dares attempt to challenge me on my reasoning for something, I can argue reasoning all day long because I actually have it. The ones you need to be afraid of are the ones that are like, oh, I don't know. I just kind of threw it in there because I figured, you know, it, it looks like what they do on the field. It's like, that's not good. Enough. You know, <laughs> it's still, I'm again, seeing it. it's still going towards something, but yeah. You know. Anyways, I don't want to like contradict I, myself, but not even just football, but I mean, my oldest guy's 13. Now he'll be 14 this summer. And the thing that you're seeing with some of these sports that he's continuing to play is the drop off in athletes that can't keep up. It's that you just see the kids that yeah. keep their conditioning going year round, which has been, I think, more thankfully because we've kept him in multi-sport and he's always doing some kind yeah. of conditioning work. It hasn't been like, I, I don't necessarily get him to do any conditioning work, but the kids that play that one sport that doesn't have conditioning all year or whatever, you just see them as it gets more competitive. They just can't freaking keep up, man. And yeah. it's like, you know, like you can't keep up, you can't keep playing. And it's kind of unfortunate where it's like, that whole idea of like, they need to get stronger. It's like, well, if they can't keep up then that won't do much, like you can't be strong and sitting back. Right. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just in general, I mean, unfortunately physical development, especially in children, it's just ceased to exist almost at this point. Right. Like you're fully responsible as a parent to make sure that your kid's physically active. Like when I was in school, we did mild testing every, like every month we did testing. So we did mild testing, we did sit and reach, you know, your traditional, like how many pull-ups can you do? How many push-ups can you do? Like, but at least there was something right. Yeah. Like where we were, had to go out and run, do our mile test. You know, I always finish like at, and for a kid who like played baseball to like, like to have like a between like a, I think it was like a sub five, like a five thirty mile or something like that's not fucking bad for a kid who's in high school. Who's not like specializing in running a mile or whatever. You know what I mean? But it's like that stuff just doesn't exist anymore in physical education. So it's like these kids literally sit at a desk all day long. There, there's no, well, maybe not these ones. Like the school is not as like traditionally structured as a lot of American schools, but um, that's just it. Like you get a lot of kids these days and it's like, they sit all day long. And then it's like, then they go out and play soccer for three hours. And it's like, that's all they do. It's, it, and it's like, this is what I, and this was like a, a pretty good example. I was talking to Moses, you know, Moses Bernard. Yeah. Cause I posted about this in my story the other day and it was like, how do I get good at something? And I kind of posted like a cheeky, like you want to gain weight, eat more food for a long time. Want to lose weight, eat less food for a long time. Want to get stronger, lift more weight for a long time. You know, and this is kind of like a cheeky response. And I posted it in my story cause I just like stirring people up. But, um, 
he responded and he was like his he was like he was kind of fascinated by the perspective that he gained when he when he uh was the Cairo for a professional baseball team because he was like he's like yeah, baseball players literally do two to three hours. Of, or, or That was part of, I included that in the post. I was like, you want to learn how to hit a baseball? Swing at a lot of baseballs. You know what I mean? Like, that's the only way you're going to learn. And, yeah. and he responded, he goes, I was actually incredibly surprised by like how many hours professional baseball players put into batting practice, like even on game days. So it's like, like we would go, when I played baseball, we would go and do batting practice for an hour before our game. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, for those who don't know baseball, you might get somewhere between two and four at-bats a game, which you're probably going to get an average of maybe like two to six pitches, you know, something like that, right? Let's ha- and let's aside the pros where they play like 180 games a year, but even then it's not enough. But yeah. if you think about like, okay, you're a kid and you play baseball once or twice a week, do you think you're going to get good at hitting baseballs? If you get somewhere between, I don't know, two to six pitches per at bat per game. (laughs) Uh, -uh. no, sir. You don't learn how to hit a baseball playing baseball games. You Mm. learn how to hit a baseball standing at the batting cage and hitting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of baseballs. That's where you're going to get good. And that principle. And it's like, even at the pro level, they're going to go out and they're going to play against, they're going to, Obviously, they're going to get less than that because they're they're playing against pro pitchers, pitchers that are literally like trying to strike you, like they don't want you on base. Like obviously, like that's the whole point, period. But like these are the pros, right? These guys so 100 miles an hour or whatever. So like your odds are even less. You know, like the average baseball average is like somewhere between it's around 250, which means that they get on base one out of four times. So the ratio, like it's not very good metrics, right? So it's like if you even want to get if you want to hit a baseball one out of four times. You have to put hundreds of hours and thousands upon thousands of repetitions into that thing. And it's like the more you can accumulate while managing the secondary consequences of just the volume of work, the better. It doesn't matter what skill, strength, whether it's in the gym, in your specific sport or whatever. It's like, obviously, there's times to reel back on certain things, but I would say it's reeling back on specific things, but it's never reeling back on, on everything altogether. Like very rarely is that actual, like actually the case, because it's like, even if you're getting heavily fatigued by the gym, do as much cardiovascular training as you possibly can do as much stretching as you possibly can do as much, anything else that is just going to contribute to the greater thing that you possibly can. And you're just going to get better at it. If that is like your true intention, like if it really is to be at the top, of whatever it is that you're trying to do physically. And like, I think it all just ties back to like, when you look at, you should post a picture of what you look like seven years ago and now, because it's going to look, there's going to be similarities, but Mm. there's also going to be vast differences in just your physical capacity. Like you're like, you've always had legs, dude, but your (laughs) freaking hamstrings and stuff right now are just wild. Deadless. I just attribute that to deadless, man. I think I have been deadlifting more in the last, I mean, I've been deadlifting since I started, like the guys that come on there and say, you don't need a big back to deadlift. Like, you know what? Maybe you don't need to develop it, but to get a dense looking back and to get your erectors and and everything like, like, I don't know. That's what I've done. Right. And then even the hamstring side of things, like, what do you do for hamstrings? It's like, I do some leg curls, but I basically deadlift and stiff leg deadlift and i've been doing that for like 
20 years. Like there was a period there with the calisthenics. <laughs> You know? It's like, even though you have a high frequency of deadlifting recently in different variations, yeah. again, that's the point, right? It's Those like, how long have you been, been deadlifting there. at a high level, Lucas? 20 years, man. Yeah. So like, imagine, yeah, there is a lot of truth to this fucking young ass kid who gets in the <laughs> gym. It's like, man, I just want to put on some hamstring muscle. And you get some fucking influencer. It's like, man, deadlifts aren't the way to do it. You got to <laughs> do the hamstring curl machine. You know, and it's like, dude, he's been training for three years. He's not going to have muscle, period. Like, like he's going to have more than a guy that's been training for one year. And yeah. certainly those that have been not trained, but if you're comparing, cause like everyone looks at like, what's the comparison and the comparison is never like, it's always some unrealistic, crazy ass mm. physique, right? Like obviously, mm. cause that's our dream is like, I want to look like that. Yeah. And they just look at this, the most brief recent window of time. And they attribute this brief recent window of time when really the truth is like, look outside of that. And look to the big ass window of time that came a whole decade before that, because yeah. that's, that's where, that's where like he got like what he is now from it. it yeah. Like, obviously again, the things that you do recently <laughs> contribute as well, but like, you're like, if you're really like, you're going to see that in a year or two from now, Yeah, you're not going to like, you're not seeing that. It's not like neck again. It's not like, oh, I put on five. My hamstrings must have grown significantly last week because I put another 10 pounds on my deadlift. It's like, no, that's not how that works. Um, and that's what brought this whole conversation together, period. It was just like. Just the different. It, yeah. Where do you find the right information? Where do you find like it's hard? It's hard, it's hard. for people to go yep. online and I get it every single day. I get people that message me every single day. And this is generally how they start the question or the statement that they're getting ready to make. I am so incredibly confused because <laughs> blah. And I'm like, yeah, no shit, dude. You're a consumer and you're confused. And the craziest part is you're getting information from professionals who are probably more confused than you are because yep. they're more susceptible to being manipulated by the information within their field than you are. You probably yep. actually inherently understand the things a little bit better and holistically but the problem is that you now look to a professional who's just confused as shit mm -hmm. and you're confused as shit because they're confused as shit. And that's really like what's going on. Like if I really give my clients and members a little bit more freedom and a little bit more credit, because it's like, you know, it's, <laughs> I got to pick on these guys for a little bit, but it's like, you know, I worked with a guy recently who had not like dove into the rabbit hole of like PRI and expansion compression, all this shit. And it's like, he just was not getting results, dude. But of course, what happened was they just took everything from him that he likes to do in the gym, right? Yep. And it's like, all I did really was just be like, hey, it's okay to do the things that you want to do in the gym. We might need to change a thing here or there. We might need to change the variation. But like, yeah. you throw a 101 mile per hour fastball and they don't. Yeah. They're not going to have a fucking clue because they don't do what you do yeah. if you want the results they have do it by all means you want to fucking you know do goblet squats results, for anyway? hamstrings and, and whatever like have at it but like why can't you squat you can come in i've seen your squat you squat beautifully he has an amazing squat it's like why yeah. can't you squat oh well it's contributing to my orientation it's like bro it's we're too far we're too fucking far <laughs> look at that person and again, I'm not saying there's not outliers, but look at that fucking person right now and tell me you should take squatting advice from them. 
Mm-hmm. No, probably not. Okay, that's what I thought. I'm not saying that what they're saying isn't valuable, but we gotta like step. We gotta just you have to you have to trust yourself. Yeah, you have to trust yourself. And I think that like a lot of the people I deal with now, man, like it is mostly getting over psychological barriers in terms of like what they think they need to be doing or what they absolutely should be doing or what they absolutely shouldn't be doing. Like it really is much more of like just sort of allowing people to kind of just trust themselves. And it's like one of the main questions that I've started asking, I used to not ask this, like, obviously I'm always interested in my clients, but like one of the primary questions that I ask my clients, it's like, what do you like to do in the gym? Do you have favorite exercises? And a lot of times you're going to go, yeah, I do. I like to do this. I like to do this. And if I really think it's like, we can't do that specific thing a certain way, because it may be contributing to an issue that they're having, if they're dealing with an issue at all, because a lot of people aren't dealing with fucking issues. They just been told they have, they are. And it's like, okay, we can probably just change the variation. And at least you can get a little bit of this thing that you like while we work on some other stuff over here, but you can, there's no reason like I should just take this away from you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, I think that's just what's happening to a lot of people is like, I don't even think consumers are that stupid to be honest. like, like relatively, like I actually really have more confidence in people than that. Like I really have more confidence in the sense that like people know what they want and they need. Yep. And it's okay to want whatever it is you want. Um, it, it the responsibility really does follow fall follow fall on the professional right like it comes down to them and and it's like first of all you have to like like and you know you know how it is like client relationships it, it goes both ways in a service industry right like i'm not just giving somebody to something and i'm hands off it's like this relationship has to work for me as yeah. much as it does for you and so that has to be there first and foremost. Like, do you even like training with the person that you like, do you like them? (laughs) You know? And it's like a lot of times like, no, God, no, I just can't, I can't stand it. But they made me so scared of whatever. I'm like, yeah, that's where they got you. That's where everyone's getting used. They're just making you so scared of something. They're like creating complex problems to things that very likely have very simple solutions. And a lot of times nowadays, it's like just the ability to walk into the gym and train like a meathead again, because I feel like that's just gone. People are afraid to go into the gym and, and just lift weights and figure it out. You know what I mean? I mean, like one thing, well, the individuals that do, I guess, get that messaging across that kind of makes people feel that way. I mean, they don't walk the walk, right? So you're like, you're saying like, don't listen to that. But like, would you take squatting advice from that person? Like, do they squat? Have they ever even shared an experience or a result of someone getting strong with them squatting, right? Like, no, okay, it doesn't exist. So why would you even go that direction? So there is an appeal I think as a coach, like I've gone this way where it's like at the end of the day, like I think range of strength is this broad scope, but I have isolated it to the four areas that I think I can help people the most. Right. So, you know, basic flexibility development and, and squats and more advanced stuff like splits and then the old school stuff. And it's like, that's really where I want to teach as well too. And I think that's where us as coaches, we do have to get to a point where we do isolate it to like, what do we want to teach people the most? based off of all these years of experience that, you know, you start off in this general kind of conditioning, get in shape kind of thing. And there is a way to do that too, right? Where you can right. be, you can have a very general message that everyone just, just wants to get in basic shape comes to you and they like you and, you know, but I think that's where the problem lies too, is like, if you're talking about squats and you just haven't put the time in to even develop a squat <laughs> worth talking about, 
or a result worth talking about yeah shut the fuck up man even if yeah. it is good even if the message is like kind of you know you, you make sense of it and you're like yeah okay there's some good stuff here but like <laughs> no 100 percent. It, it, it's and that's like, it. I, like i don't want i do to... conditioning i do conditioning yeah. but you know I'm, like you just had alec on like i'm not going to talk about running and getting no. to that kind of level like if i was to be like listen to get to a marathon yeah you need to stop doing that and it's the uh, equivalent stretch it's 100 like, the, the fuck are you talking about no yeah. yeah absolutely absolutely like what are you talking about it's like you have no rhyme or reason except for showing a few pieces of evidence it's like yeah. some philosophical like like <laughs> jargon like some just rhetoric you know what i mean it's just yeah. like pure nonsense it's like not even nonsense again it that's the whole point of it's like it's it's to say like then they take it personally it's like what do you mean it's like this and i was like listen i hear you like i understand what you're saying in fact i think i actually understand it a little bit better than you do ironically enough <laughs> which is why i understand that it's just not so black and white dude you yeah. know what i mean like that that's like yeah it, yeah even not even just like the optimal training but even just this weird blend of like rehab to like performance and there's still this massive gap i think like there's still a huge gap between those two things and they're actually so much closer together than people think and it's like man you know it's like when you get into the asymmetries and the hip shifts like i made the post like you can do a goblet squat with a hip shift or you can squat 500 pounds with a hip shift what do you want you know what i mean because like <laughs> if you really think that you're gonna ever i've been as obsessed with it as anyone else but it's like i also had a point where i was just like man i had to just stop worrying about it like yeah you kind of micro dose stuff in to sort of manage it and understand it a little bit better and whatever and i think once you really actually do understand that kind of stuff you go okay it's not so bad. You know what I mean? It's like not going to kill me. And it's like, once you actually just accept that it's people just, it's amazing how stuff just starts to go away. It's like, mm -hmm. it's like, because they just don't think they're going to get, you know, it's like, I have clients that like talk, want to talk about scapular dysfunction and this, that, and the other. And it's like, they can't even press an empty barbell overhead. It's like, <laughs> dude, you are so far away from worrying about scapular dysfunction. It's not even funny. Like we, I don't even know that we can have the conversation to say you do have scapular because you can't, you're a grown man. And you can't press 35 pounds overhead. I don't, I don't mean that in any insulting way. I'm saying that is a serious fucking problem because, you know, strength isn't the answer. Yes, it is. In that scenario, it is the answer. You need to get stronger, man. Like yep. 36 years old, you can't press a barbell overhead. These positions suck because you can't manage them under load. You just don't know how to create tension, period. You, yeah. are, at the, you, are, you are at the mercy of gravity. Like yep. gravity you are gravity's bitch because you just can't create tension. Yeah. You can't, or, or you can only create tension in like one area of your body and like nowhere else. Right. Which is like really what happens to a lot of people, right? Like if we actually go into understanding like how people, why their backs and their hips and knees hurting, it's like, well, yeah. Anyways, but no, I'm glad we had this conversation because I think that we, we both, and again, it's also because we're like best friends. And it's also because we have these conversations every single day. It's just so people are like, I literally have Instagram probably has a whole data center with just our messages, right? They're just <laughs> like, they're just like, this is Lucas and oh, Jeff's. Hopefully data they'll let center. us just like download that someday. And it's just, just like on that. a cloud. Hopefully we we'll can get AI. That. Yeah, exactly. Here's 10 years of conversations. Could you imagine what that would look like? That is insane. <laughs> oh my God. I can't even imagine what that would look like. That would be nuts. But. <laughs> It's like, we just, I, I think we both have a very, like, just sound, holistic training sort of model or, or worldview or whatever you want to call it in the sense that, like, we do have the ability to kind of, like, 
dive in and then back out and retreat, but not like, but not back out and retreat in some sort of like spiteful way. Right. Where somebody yeah. out there feelings hurt. They're like, fuck this system. It doesn't, it's like, no, yeah. I can, yeah. I can legitimately look at any probably model that's presented and I can certainly see the value, but I can also see the flaws. And yeah. that's like the weird bridge between, I think, first pers like personal training and like group training is I think then you can really start to tell like who actually trains people and who doesn't because the people who train real people understand the incredible nuance and not just for nuance sake, but like really understand that like all roads lead to Rome, everything works for the right person. And, you know, it's not always about maximally optimizing inputs and outputs because we don't even fucking know if we can do that and we never will mm -hmm. and it's like at the end of the day it's like are you training consistently are you training hard like that was like i just saw something was it one of the big sports science blogs just posted yesterday that they uh there was a post that talked about basically the reason most people probably don't see strength and hypertrophy not training hard enough they're Sport. not they're stronger by science i think that's what it was and it was like yeah. sure they're training, training to like enough. yeah eight RPE. But then if you actually like get down to the nitty gritty of like, but are they really? And it's like, no, they're probably still missing that marker by almost double. Like most people had like way more in the tank. Right. So it's like, it's like ultimately what principles can you a hundred percent guarantee on when it comes to training? Right. And it's like consistency, intensity slash effort. Right. Because those are kind of in a way to get, they go together. Right. Um, you know, proximity to like proximity to failure, not mm. always to failure, but certainly like learn what that is and learn how you get close to there. Um, Strength or flexibility training, both. Yeah, exactly. That's it's like it's the same. It's the same thing. Yeah, you know, it, it's like it's like well, yeah, you're you're not going to accumulate any significant amount of volume just diving at hundred percent into a stretch for ten seconds. It's like like you spend two minutes in a stretch. And you go 50%, 60%, 75%, 85%. Oh, I got 30 seconds left. 90%, 95%. You know what I mean? It's like same principle, right? Mm -hmm. It's just like we just changed the, the window, the scale, or how we are kind of like looking at how we measure that. But it's like if you just macro it out a little bit instead of just zooming so close in, same principles. Okay. And just like find ways to stay training and have fun. And There's no finish line. There is no finish There's line. There's no finish line here, guys. You're not going to find a system that's like, that's it. I that's mean, it. if you do, if you do, it's because you just like it, right? And, right. you know, even you and I, you know, we've gone back to things that we like doing that we stopped doing. Like I did. I, I, I got back into lifting. You know, there was that moment where I was like, I'm not going to lift again. I'm like, no. Yeah. I'm fucking, well, it's, I'm it, it, it's like, you even know? like us, we love the barbell work, right? Yeah. And like, if I actually look at like, if I can look at the, at the whole and I look at all these guys who get so fucked up from barbell work yeah, and it's like, where did it go wrong? And it's like things like the expansion compression model made me understand like where things go wrong, where, why are these people experiencing the consequences they can? Is there ways to offset this? I believe there certainly is, you know, but there's also the, the line of like, just, you know, it's like, there's a difference between, oh shit, feeling my back and like feeling my back when I'm training. You know what I mean? It's like, there are these things that we have to be able to communicate effectively, 
concepts we have to be able to communicate effectively. And it's like, you know, all these powerlifting guys, my hip, my fucking my knee, I blew it all out. And it's like, there is a bit of like, they just using a shit ton of weight, a shit ton of drugs. And also just like maybe biomechanically, that's just maybe not the best way to squat. If like joint health and, and mobility and stuff is, is really like something that you want to consider part of keeping you healthy. Because like, if you're always pushing everything out and you're just arching your back for everything and you lose range of motion over the time, and then you understand certain tissues and joints get consistently stressed. They're not getting introduced to any sort of variability whatsoever. It's like, is power is, is only squat benching deadlifting bad for you or is only squat bench and deadlifting the way you squat bench and deadlift what's been bad. You know what I mean? It's like, those are the conversations that we can have and we need to have. And I think they're way more valuable than because knock on wood, I've never had a weightlifting training injury in the gym ever in 15 years. Maybe it's a little bit of luck. Maybe it's a little bit of just like I've been able to, I've lashed on to people that I've been fortunate to learn from and mentor from very early friends that have made mistakes that they're like, just be careful with this thing. And I'm like, okay. And, and, you know, and it's like, I, I think at the end of the day, yeah, it's, 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 there's a lot of obviously fear mongering and it's like fear cells. Like, let's just be honest, fear cells and, ironically everyone who sells fear also sells a solution yeah. you know and it's like there is no one way no there's there, there's no one way ever um even at the top end of performance and oh well once you get to the top it's all pretty much and it's like no it's not dude like give me every mr olympia that's ever stood on the stage and show me their training programs they're not even going to be remotely <laughs> the same you know what's going to be the same the, the drugs that Steroids. they've done yeah the food that they've eaten but in yeah. terms of like training, it's so variable. You know, C-bomb yeah. trains a completely different way. That doesn't mean you need to train like him. No, it means train like how you want to train. Yeah, and, and optimize take, as many of the variables as you can for a long time. Try, try all those things, man. Like that's how I mean. I've gotten to where I am now. Where I, I've tried enough things to know what I like, and I know I'll probably still try different things. Yeah, at some stage, I know something else will come up. I'll want to get into more. I'm actually doing upper body plyometrics more now than I ever have just for the shit of it. Cause I was like, I've never really, it, it feels like it fits really good with old time lifts. Like yeah. if I'm doing, you know, like the one hand stuff, I'm like, man, instead of benching, I'm going to go hard on some body weight plyo work. And, uh, you know, I mean, I've done them in the past, but like doing it in this way is a bit different and it's like, you're always just kind of dosing things in a bit differently or experimenting in a way, right? Like yeah. maybe, maybe you don't do C-Bum's full program, but maybe you just like add one of his protocols into the mix one day. Right. And it's like, right. you learn from all those experiences. I still do things, you know, that I was originally taught in powerlifting 20 years ago. I still have certain traits and things that I do from that time. And it's, I mean, that's really all it is. It's like, just don't be take, take the, take the deep rabbit holes and learn from them, but don't come out of them thinking that it's like, you know, it's, it's a piece. It'll be a piece for the long yeah. haul. And uh, yeah, the, the stable, the stability in all of it is the, is the, like the underlying, like actual principles. Yeah. Right. Not what people are saying are the principles. These are the principles of my system. No, 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 no. What are the <laughs> actual underlying psychological, physiological and environmental principles yeah. that have contributed to your success or contributed to where you are now. And that will continue to contribute because those things will not change. The methods will change. 
the perspectives will change. And I don't even say they'll change. Let's just say they'll get recycled cyclically over and over and over. Yeah. Really look down at what are the principles of why these things work and understand why and try to understand why they wouldn't work for some people. And it's like, I won't say who, but I worked (laughs) for a system where all they ever did was look at why what they are doing is working. Yeah. They never wanted to confront why what they were doing wasn't working for the equal, if not more, number of people. I understand from a business perspective, like as a growing business and things like that, it's like you have to, you you obviously want to double down and bias on the things that are working for people. But if you're actually looking at the total population of who's affected by what you're doing, and you have a vast amount of population of people that it's not working for, if you're not going to look at it, get someone to look at it and understand it better because then you are actually going to be able to help more people more, not just like as a, as a net level, but like, as a, like from a ratio perspective, like, okay, instead of helping three out of every 10 people that come to me, I'm now able to help five out of every 10 and then six out of every 10, seven out of every 10. You're never going to be able to help anyone, but like scale that ratio up. And I think just, again, the more tools you have in your toolbox and the more holistic understanding you have about the principles of when those tools are to be used, the more effective that you're going to be. And it's like, just remember that the, just, just remember the reason that you're, you're hitting a tire with a hammer because Gerard Butler Started in a movie called 300 and uh <laughs> and they put that as the workout and so you're out there fucking doing it yeah exactly no. you know what i mean it comes from somewhere 300 like, was sick though no it was sick and it, it look <laughs> most people should probably just get the fuck up right now and just go start hitting just go watch 300 and just yeah, go watch go watch 300 start there and then you'll start hitting yeah exactly so every time you start to lose motivation you just go put 300 back on <laughs> what does he say uh when he when is he when he when he asked the greeks he's like what is your trade or whatever? And he's like, I'm a painter and I'm a philosopher or whatever. And he's like, Spartans, what is your, what does he say? What is, what is your your profession? What is your, fucking jacked every time. Right. We we need more. We need more people wanting to get out and be fucking badasses and enough of this fucking well, it's, it's the, look, Hey, it's a great, hey, you know it's, I mean? it's the equivalent. You got a yeah. bunch of philosophers pretending to be warriors yeah, and you got a bunch of warriors pretending to be philosophers. But at the end of the day, fuck, I'd rather be a warrior pretending to be a philosopher than a philosopher trying to be a warrior. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're just going to get more shit done. Whatever, whatever ro- road you take, if you're going to dive into something new that you think has a solution for you, just don't let it fucking hinder that those components that we talked about, you know, like intensity, um, strength, like keeping those things at the forefront. Like you don't have to stop doing a lot of shit yeah. to do something like, you, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's not the solution. Like, I think that's probably where you hit home a little more, more too with people is like the solution isn't just to stop. It's just to evolve that and to change it and see yeah. where the holes lie. Right. And it's, and be comfortable with it. It's okay. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, again, and, and, and like, look, have your moment, right? Like have your moment, have your moment of like self-pity and sympathy, whatever, but like get to work pretty quickly. You yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah, I could have sat around and been like, look at me. I spent an entire year getting ready for rugby, um, you know, and then I break my leg two games 
my last, like third to last game or second to last game or whatever it was, my team goes to state championship. I wasn't able to participate in that game. We still ended up winning. And it's like, yeah, it was a tough day because I'm like, man, I should have been out there. But at the same time, I had to step back and go, you know what? I showed up to practice. I showed up to every preseason game. I showed up to every single game during the season. I gave it my all and I did contribute to this greater, bigger thing. Maybe I wasn't there on the field that day. Tough luck. That's how it happens. But it's still contributing. Like your training, your, your sort of training journey is not going to be any different, right? No, don't, don't necessarily pivot for the sake of, 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 of just pivoting, right? Based on like confusion or fear, but understand when you are just faced with the moment of like, hey, I want to try something different. I want to do something different. Like just make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons and understand like no matter what, as long as you keep those, again, those basic principles that we've talked about here in, it's going to contribute to the bigger thing. You're yeah. not losing out. You're not going to lose out. There's no real way to lose as long as you just keep the needle moving. And you're, yeah. and if you just accept it, like you're going to reap the benefits of, a tr- of, of fitness and training that most people will never touch because mm-hmm. they can't make those transitions into new things or different things or trying different styles. Like boredom is going to hit you. And I'm sorry, most people are not intrinsically motivated. We are extrinsically motivated for the most part. So it's like, I understand the appeal of shiny new things, but don't go to shiny new things because somebody tells you it's the better thing or it's, it's, it's just a different thing. Yeah. And if, and if like, it's okay. And again, and if you look at most of them, like the most successful people in physical culture, they've done a little bit of everything. Yeah. They've done the powerlifting. They've done the bodybuilding. They've done the weightlifting. They've done the, you know, cardiovascular training to some capacity. They've done plyometrics. They've played sport. They have done so much stuff mm-hmm. that has contributed to where they are now. And don't just take brief windows of time and high moments that you see on Instagram because everyone just posts high moments, like the mm-hmm. best moments. You think I'm going to post my most vulnerable moment on Instagram? Like, yeah, I broke my leg. I posted about it. That's not, that's not like a massively vulnerable moment in my life, right? Like it just sucked. Well, there is a bit of like, of course I had people like, yeah, see, that's what happens when you're an asshole in the gym. It's like, dude, I didn't even break my leg in the gym, moron. You know what I mean? Like, what are you talking? But anyways, it's just like, don't be afraid, guys. Training at the end of the day, like, if you really want to be in this a long time and you really want to pursue lofty goals, because people do come with some big goals. It's like, just have fun and be patient. And like, yeah, really weigh where and who you're getting your information from. and. I'm so tired of this narrative of like, well, people shouldn't reflect, you know, their philosophy. It's like, yeah, I'm sorry, dude, but I'm not buying a nutrition plan from a fat nutritionist. I'm not. (laughs) I'm not going to the gym and hiring a trainer who looks nothing like I want to look like. Yeah. Like I'm not. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at the person who has made some practical use of the information they have. And I absolutely believe that practicality exceeds the value of almost anything else when it comes to this, this industry and field. And no one can be you in your body and your experiences are as important as my experiences. Plus all the experiences that I've had with all of my clients and Lucas's clients over the years. It's like your experiences matter too. And, And don't be so easy to persuade and get pushed around hold your position on things that you feel like are fun and you want to do. And it's like, quit letting people scare you away from that. It's like, there's always a workaround, you know, don't be, just don't, don't just don't, don't abandon your experiences. Right. Like that's where it's like, 
because those will always help you make choices or shape a new experience from those previous experiences. And like, yep. as you're going through it at the early stages of training or being a coach or just going through that process, you, you'll probably feel conflicted with old experiences. Like they weren't right. It's like, again, everything fucking works. Yeah, It works for the time you used it and for what your, the intention was at that time. There may have been some, you know, I've done stupid things. I've done stupid oh, things, sure. but again, for sure. like again, at the end of the day, it's like, I mean, look at half of the CrossFit workouts that, you know, swim across the fucking Atlantic ocean and come back. It's like, okay, like, whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's, you know, twice about it. You can't, okay, yeah. you can't obsess. You can't obsess about that shit. You got to have those new experiences relate them to your previous experiences and keep all of those with you. Right. Like that's at the end of the day, what the whole journey is. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good place. It's a good place to stop it. I know it's been a while since we've done this. <laughs> I think that um, we got to definitely do it more consistently because I think this is just like kind of the direction I want to take the podcast do. is like, this is what we do, but I think it's just so important for people to kind of come in on this journey and experience too because then people kind of see where we're at because like there people will look at and it is hard it's like i haven't really posted that much regarding my training for like the last six or eight weeks so it's like people don't even really know how i've been training and I, it's like people would probably be surprised to know that i've like primarily trained on machines for we the probably part of like six to eight weeks <laughs> you you and i probably don't talk enough about all the fucking things we've done or we do yeah. you know what i mean like i don't talk a lot about cardio well it's like you know i was what before I broke my leg, I was literally doing what? Squat, bench, yep. deadlift, overhead press. That's all I was doing. Like, yep. And then throwing in some random accessories. And then it yep. totally pivoted to like yep. the exact opposite almost. <laughs> like I'm still, I'm I mean, still been doing message, deadlifts, but. That's the message yeah. you get all the time. Is this what I should be doing? It's like, well, this is what I'm doing right now. And this is helpful. Yeah. But yeah, that message, that message that we've talked about this episode where it's like, you know, there's so many different ways and we've kind of gone through them. Like finding coaches that preach that message is, is harder and harder. And I know it's also because it's harder to share a broad message. Cause I, yeah. with, when I post on social media, I kind of have to almost isolate where everyone, where people follow me the most from, they, they yeah. follow me the most from, you know, this guy who's pretty strong and has good size and has range yep. and he does some unconventional things, but it's like, it all came and stemmed from this like broad journey through, you know, all these different types of training disciplines. And uh, it's a hard message to get out there without just being very isolated to, yeah. kind of, you know, get that outreach. But yeah, it's, I've kind of transitioned to just communicating to people when they come into my space more or less is like, Hey, I'm not, I'm probably not here to necessarily teach you or tell you anything you don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm, 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 I feel like my role is to just offer you my perspective on mm -hmm. what you already know. It's not to make you wrong about what you know. It's not to invalidate what you know or have learned or have heard. It's like, okay, I hear what you're saying. Let me just offer you a perspective on it. And then you take that and you do what you want to do with it. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I think that's kind of the position that I've now tried to take instead of being like, this is my system and this is my method and this is my way of fucking doing things. And if you don't fucking like it, fuck off. No, no, no. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe no. Um, it's just like, look, I have over a decade of experience in the industry professionally and more than that as just a hobby 
training for fun and playing sports. And like, technically my whole entire life has been devoted to that one thing. So this is the which perspective is, I offer which is you, just as important, which is my opinion. own unique personal experience mixed with education and continued education and understanding of certain concepts. And it's like the ability to just bring all of that together, because yeah. I think you are seeing this surge of like, people aren't even really selling results. Like if you really go and look at programs and systems and whatever, it's like, most people aren't actually really selling results anymore. It's, no. it's, it's a hell of a lot easier to sell a philosophy because a lot of people can sit around and talk about shit. It's very easy to do. Just sit around and like come up with these cute ideas and then like hope somebody else does something with it. It's like most people that I've seen pivot to like selling a model or a system because, but they like don't, they haven't even really got anything from it other than other people to go, wow, that's a really cool model and system. Let me, let's all let's sit around on the internet and talk about this all day. And it's like, I'm guilty of it too, but I also <laughs> still own a gym. I also yeah. still train people both in person and online yeah. every single day of my life. Like this isn't just, I don't just make a, I don't, I don't make a living off of podcasting. I don't make a living off of selling courses on programming. I sell perspective and it's not going to get me millions of followers. It's maybe probably not. It's, but I think in time, like you and I kind of have the same, like it will build like a genuine, um, loyal community and following. And because most people that message me are not the people that are going to be buying ATG or buying FRC where it's like, I saw your advertisement and where you said like, how badly destroyed your body was for years and how you found this secret solution to all your problems. They go, no, 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 no. Almost all my messages from people who sign up for my stuff go, Hey, I have followed you for months. Yeah. And I've listened to the things that you've said and I've watched the things that you've posted. And a lot of times I've tried, go, I've tried a lot of quick fixes and they didn't work and they didn't work. <laughs> and here I am. Cause that's important too. You know what? We're not saying don't try that stuff because sometimes you got to fucking try it to know that it's like bullshit or yeah, it's, it's absolutely. Not. It's maybe even it does help you and you gain some perspective from it, but, uh, you know, there's no quick fixes, man. No, not at all. Not at all. So I'm sure you got things to do today. I definitely have things to do today. As, as, <laughs> as much as I like would love to just do this, yeah. get paid to do this. Um, <laughs> because this is really one of my favorite things, you know, I think like my, my, the most value that I've gotten out of this industry is networking. You know, you've been my best friend. I mean, you're our, my best friend, you know, have been for, almost a decade. And, and, uh, I always enjoy sitting down and having these conversations and I've always valued, you know, your, this relationship very highly, just personally and professionally. So I'm glad we were able to sit down and do this. Um, you know, I'm sure you guys know we didn't, we didn't really do introductions because <laughs> shit, we don't need to, right. We, we all know who yeah. Lucas Hardy rage of strength is, but, yeah. um, if you guys don't, where can they find you, Lucas? Yeah, Instagram is the best platform. Um, I, I've been ramping up the YouTube as much as I can because it's th that long form messaging's. You know, that's Instagram's not quite the place for that. No, I, that's I think that's how you get that message out a bit more clear for people too. But um, and to yeah. the people that are worth it because they're gonna take the time to digest. Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, that's why I like YouTube so much. Like yeah. someone will actually watch your shit for a little longer than 10 seconds and you know. well i think that's why podcasts are so good too because yeah, exactly yeah. they're gonna if someone's willing to sit down and listen to this conversation 
Yeah. Those are the people that you want to, those are the people you, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. No, but that's, yeah, I'm sure you'll see if you're following Jeff, you'll see us collaborating more with, you know, yeah. the fellowship of the range with Emmett is like the other podcast. We try to get episodes in when we can get all three of us organized, but, um, yeah. Cause he's, uh, he's on like a retreat right now, right? He's still on the retreat. I think he's home now. I'm hoping, is he home now? I'm hoping to swing through when I go to UK at the end of the month. So, Oh, good. That'd be cool. It'd be good to see content from that. Yeah. The rain, the church of range. He's got that all up now. <laughs> it's fat. I know it's, it's going to be so cool. We'll, so, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll keep any potential plans for yeah. that under wraps right now. Maybe yeah. we'll expose it once we talk to him and on the range of strength podcast or the, uh, fellowship of the range podcast. But, um, yeah, yeah guys, I appreciate you listening. I'm sure this was, it's going to be quite a long podcast. I haven't even checked to see how long it is, but it doesn't matter because I know <laughs> this is going to be like, I love all my guests, but I, the reason I've been so like, I've, I've been kind of telling Lucas, we need to do it for a while. And, um, we've both had our reasons, but I know that this is going to be a hit. So many people have asked for it. And it's like, I don't even think really a lot of, I, I don't even like tease the fact that we've done this. So yeah, this is going to be a nice surprise for people. And I know it's going to be a huge hit. So hopefully it's a the, good one. Uh, I think it's a good one to reshare that first one we did, man, because I mean, that's still yeah. a bang. That's such a good podcast. Yeah. It yeah. will be interesting to like, it'll be interesting for people to go from there to this. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that was when you and I were briefly kind of catching up when I had, I guess I've been with ATG for a little bit, but you know, that was really like picking up that. when things so were getting a lot of momentum. There was yeah, a exactly. lot of momentum building and it was like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Thanks for having yeah. me, man. Of course, brother. Anytime you know that I'm sure I will talk to you very, very Couple soon. Minutes. <laughs> Couple minutes. <laughs> Caution.